everybody. This is Goose. Welcome back to South Louisiana Artist Club. For our first-time listeners, welcome. This is a podcast dedicated to our artists in South Louisiana in which we talk about their brand as well as their story on how they got to where they are. And I want to talk about our guest for today before I introduce her. Backstory, where I'm coming from, I used to work at Penny with a Twist in which I did training, I did painting, and for the most part, I did graphic design work. And part of that job was to create campaigns, and we had to choose art. And for the most part, her art just stood out from the rest. And if you look at her art, you know it's her because of her color harmony, her composition, her strokes are very uh, aggressive to the point. And you always knew when you came upon a Kelly Bouillette. Kelly, how you been? I'm great. How are you, Goose? I'm doing well. So could you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Well, first of all, I'm really excited that you said I I am aggressive with my paint strokes. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Uh, I've never actually used that word to describe my style, but I'm going to from now on. I like it. Hi. Hello world, I'm Kelly. Um, I am a New Orleans resident and artist painter. As Goose said, we used to work together painting with a twist and we've come a long way since then. Been a little bit back in the day, huh Goose? Yes, yes. It's, uh, I think uh, we met maybe, gosh, six, seven years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long ride. I've been in New Orleans for going on nine years now it's 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 been a minute uh, I had a guy ask me where I was from the other day and I was like well originally from North Louisiana but I've been in New Orleans for almost nine years now and he's like oh you're from New Orleans and I was like oh that's the best compliment ever thank you <laughs> <laughs> it's like yes I've made it right they've accepted me <laughs> so Kelly uh, can you tell us about like your upbringings when it comes to the world of art like uh, were you a creative child or uh, did you develop your art skills like in middle school and high school uh i was the epitome of the strange creative child um which means uh well uh, a little a little quirky i was always a quirky child my family always described me as strange um but not in a bad way uh they embraced it my mom embraced it for sure but the creativity definitely started when i was very very little and it honestly trickled down from both sides of my family i have very talented people on both my mom and dad's side that they you know we still had paintings from aunts and uncles um, on both sides from as early as the 20s. And yeah, and it was all just a a self-taught thing, just a natural talent. I know some people say they don't believe in natural talent, but I am (laughs) walking proof that sometimes you're just born with it because from a very, very young age, I just had an ability to, for one, understand perspective. And I specifically remember my mom calling me out on that when I drew Pluto when I was probably, I don't know, five or six years old. And I drew his collar wrapping around his neck, but in 3D fashion. And she was like, where did you learn that? And I was like, I don't know. I just looked at it and I drew what I saw. So (laughs) (laughs) nobody, nobody taught me that specifically, but I, you know, and I'm not saying I've taught myself everything for sure. I've learned so much, but uh, my mom painted. She had a hair salon when I was very little. And in her spare time, um, when she didn't have clients, she would paint and sell artwork. And it was, it was like the late 80s, early 90s. So she also had like all of um, those shirts and stuff that, you know, used to like iron an image on and draw with the puff paint around. Yes, yes. (laughs) ultimate 90s 80s garb right there so she sold all kind of little crafts and I even remember her doing um, little festivals things like that and sometimes my dad would draw the painting for her and then she would paint over it I mean it was cute it was great what they did (laughs) 
Yes. All right. So my second question was, do you have creative parents? And yes, you do have creative parents and also a line of creative relatives, which is awesome. I mean, even my, um, I have two half brothers, which are both 15, 18 years, my senior. And, um, my brother, Alan taught me how to draw Garfield. That was one of the very first things (laughs) I remember ever learning how to draw Garfield on cardboard boxes in the living room brown carpet <laughs> just yeah. like wood paneling you know just ultimate uh i think i forget how old how old are you goose i'm up there uh 37 i think oh, yeah. okay look at me calling you out on your own podcast yes. uh so you you understand like the the ultimate like 80s 90s childhood and the oh. nostalgia of what i'm describing yes yes getting those um Going to the beach and getting the spray tan uh, or spray uh, can T-shirts, like you were saying, yes. your, your name, yes. you know, and all these uh, saturated, oversaturated colors. Yes, oh. definitely. Also, uh, I was a fan of uh, Heathcliff as opposed oh. to Garfield. I like Garfield, but Heathcliff, you know, he was that that rugged cat that lives yeah. on the street. Hustler, right? Yeah, I loved Heathcliff too. Well, anything to do with a cat. I mean, I never grew out of that. I've, I have two beasties behind me right now, like ready to yell at me because I haven't fed them yet this morning. Uh, I hear you. I can relate. I got two two kids myself, and uh, I know when it's time to feed, they they come around my uh, my leg and start like aggressively mm-hmm. like rubbing. Yeah, they're uh, aggressive like my paint strips. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But so it runs in the family, right? Yeah. yeah. This, this guy bites. Sorry, I get off topic very easily. Um, little no, that, that is, I think that's the mind of a, uh, of a creative. Um, I have such difficult time just keeping focus. So um, I'm right there with you. Oh, yeah. It's struggle. So, Kelly, uh, so you were saying that you, from the get-go, you did paintings and, or were creative and uh, doing little art projects. Uh, did you carry that on to high school or college as far as studying art? Oh, yeah. Let me note that I grew up, uh, first of all, in North Louisiana in a very, very, very rural area. Um, it's called Logansport, Louisiana. I forget the population right now, but it's very small. Um, I, I lived six miles outside of what we would call quote unquote town, which consists of Dairy Queen and a dollar store. And okay. <laughs> so I entertained myself a lot because my um, my two brothers were so much older than me. I did grow up as an only child and that was my means of entertainment. And so I literally just created all day. If I wasn't outside lost in the woods somewhere or playing with our obnoxious number of animals that we had, I was... <laughs> Drawing, painting, cutting stuff, making messes. My mom labeled the messes that I made as Kelly piles. And <laughs> she said, just everywhere I went, I left Kelly piles. And but she embraced it. Like she, she let me make those messes. And that's, that is what allowed me to become so creative. She never yelled at me for destroying the house, pretty much. She did make me clean up, but she let me mess it up. But um, I did carry it on into high school, for sure. I, for one, and being from a small town, I had the same art teacher from the time I was in kindergarten till the year I graduated high school. <laughs> <laughs> and she was wonderful. Um, Debbie Leggett, huge shout out to her. Man, she just, she really just let me embrace my creativity and she really fed it. And what she did was put me on independent projects most of the time. You know, I learned so much from her, but she really just let me just take off with it and do what I wanted to with it. And I think that helped me grow so much creatively, like even as a child and through high school and everything. It, she's just, I can't boast about her enough. Yeah, there, there's always that one teacher that just like leaves a mark on a student and just allows them to, to be themselves. So. Well, she was also kind of family because she's married to my second cousin, Dennis. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a small town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have no idea. All right. 
Uh, so, uh, so in high school and then in, in uh, college, or did you go to college? Uh, did you study art or anything related yeah. to it? I actually, I went to, well, I went to community college, Delgado, listen to me, I've been in New Orleans too long. No, I went to uh, Bossier Parish Community College, better known as Bipsy, holla. Um, <laughs> I went there for graphic design. I worked in the telecommunications department with amazing people. Oh my God, um, Larry Powell, the dean, he did so much for me there. And um, I, I had a great experience there. And I actually... Worked my way up to, I was about nine hours short of finishing out my degree. And um, I went through a tragedy, you know, um, death of a family member back home. And it, it, it's, it was something that sparked a fire in me to, it was, that it was time to start over somewhere else and like start something fresh and try something new. So that's when I made the decision to move to New Orleans and I moved down here with full intention of getting back in school, but I planned on working first and mm -hmm. make a little extra money. So uh, in the meantime, I had actually started working at the Painting with a Twist in Shreveport for Jean Beauclair up there. Okay. And, um, she was friends with my math, my algebra pr professor at the time at the college, and she's the one that initially introduced me to Gene, got me the job, and he, you know, that's, that's what, it snowballed from there with Painting with a Twist, you know all about that. Yes, okay, so you entered Painting with a Twist um, I, the ideal way, you know, by introducing from somebody else. I was introduced to them uh, through Craigslist. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> and it was, it was a really, you know, sketchy ad of like, hey, can you, can you, teach do you like art do you like to drink and have a good time That's then sign cool. up you know like come come in uh interview for this position and i'm thinking the whole time this is really sketchy as but uh at the same time i could make some uh some cash on the side so yeah right. i was i was a little intense coming in as far as like what what is this like i have no idea I love it. <laughs> yeah. that's great i love sketchy craigslist yeah <laughs> I love to just get on there and just read some of the ads sometimes. Just what people post is the most entertaining thing, free thing you can find. Yes. Like so I haven't I haven't gone to Craigslist in a while, but I can't imagine because um, that was pretty much I think that was a place that a lot of people went to do um, to find something on sale or to find mm -hmm. a job or even uh, the the ones that were really funny were the the dating ones. Oh my where, god, the missed connections. Oh my gosh, yes. So yeah, first thing in the world, and I appreciate <laughs> it very much. Very entertaining. Free. It's like free, so it's yeah. the best. All right. So here you're. You got introduced to painting with twist through um, mm -hmm. uh, in Shreveport, and then you you came over from there, or. Yeah, so I worked there for about um, eight months until I finally made the decision that I was going to move down here. And I, it was against every single one of my family members' will. Nobody uh -huh. wanted me to leave because, you know, growing up there, and I'm not putting down my hometown. I'm very, very, very grateful for my humble upbringing and, and all the experiences and the people that I know there. They're good people. Um, but people typically don't leave very often. You know, you grow up there yeah. and you have a family and you raise your kids there and that's that's it. And there are plenty of people happy doing that. It's just, I always, there's just something in me that I always knew I needed to be somewhere else. And I fell in love with New Orleans at 12 years old. I cannot explain it, but <laughs> I came down here. My mom came to visit um, a friend and... We came down here and we went to Bourbon Street and <laughs> went to the zoo. These are like the things that I remember doing. And I can't, I can't explain it to you. Something just ever since I saw it in person, something was drawing me here since adolescence. It's crazy. But um, yeah, so I, I, I contacted, um, I, I 
feel like Jessica Lovelady was the first person I talked to when okay. I decided. Did, did you ever work with her? No. I've heard of the name, but no. She used to manage the Uptown Studio. Okay. And I think I called and spoke to her at the Uptown Studio. Um, and she lined it up for me. And they said that I could start teaching once I came down here. So uh, before I moved, I would actually come and just stay a few days, work a little bit, and try to do some other things. I also um, was a very classy liquor promotional model. Okay. <laughs> so I would literally, like, come down here, teach a class at Painting with a Twist, um, which was Quirks and Canvas then. Yeah. And, um, then I would like bring my, my wig and my get up or whatever the hell I had to wear for the night. Oh, and wow. <laughs> I know anybody that knows me now can't even <laughs> envision me doing this, but I did yeah. it. That's um, intense. Um, but I, I would literally change clothes in the bathroom after class and I would go do like these promos, different places. Um, funny, the funniest one was when I did some promos for cult energy, which I don't even know if that is a thing anymore. It was barely a thing when. Okay. Working. But you'd have to put on like these wigs and whatever they gave you to wear. And we would go to cat's meow and throw out merchandise from the stage and uh -huh. hand out cult energy drinks. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> did that. And then um, I got on with Grand Marnier, which was so much better uh moved up yeah yeah stepped up a little bit in the world and they they paid a little more but um i that i got i would get to go do like sunday brunch and dress like in a cocktail dress and do nicer things and but then sometimes i'd have to like wear the red wig and go out at night and but we played games with people so that was fun like you'd have like this dice game or something and they'd roll dice for merchandise so <laughs> it was cool um, so did that, taught a painting with a twist, and um, I also got a, a job at an art gallery on Royal on the weekends, the uh, Vincent Mann Gallery, and I just did that really so I could, like, learn the inner workings of how um, a prestigious art gallery works, you know, and that was a really nice one, so I was really excited to be there, and I was basically just the face of the door greeting people. I didn't actually do anything, but I did learn a lot while I was there. Learn from uh, like a gallery perspective or just like from yeah. the, the paintings yeah. that you would see? Well, sales, really, because um, the gallery itself was all um, impressionistic and post-impressionistic artwork, and which I I started out considering myself an impressionist you know now I think I'm much more of an expressionist um, but there still is impressionism in my work it's all contemporary art isn't it what do we yes. really label it? <laughs> but um no I so I always appreciated that work um and I did learn from it and I guess I'll get to this later like where I started learning how to paint but um no in that gallery I I, I just, I, from a sales perspective and customer service and whatnot. And um, it was really interesting. It's really, uh, Vincent Manguno is a very interesting man. And I, I think he's still out there doing his thing, but I'm not sure. Um, but he, uh, he basically, he would go and buy up all these artworks from these artists who had passed away. So he'd go to these estate sales and he would buy these, these massive amounts of artworks from uh, their families before their names were known and hold on to it for 40 or 50 years. Wow. And so from what I was told, he had warehouses all over the French Quarter just stacked full of art. And they were all, um, I believe, they were all French Impressionists. Um, and for one, the only, the only living artist that he exhibited, this was the coolest part about the gallery, it was um, Francois Gillot, who was lover and mother to two of Picasso's children. So wow. working there, I was hoping I would get to meet her. And they did ask me at one time to work one of the exhibits that um, she was going to be present at. And I wasn't going to be in town for it. And it just broke my heart. But oh, no. just 
being there that close to her work, looking at it every day was an incredible experience. I, I, I honestly can say I was never much of a fan of a more abstract style or cubism because she did paint in a very, um, her, her style did mimic Picasso's a little. Mm -hmm. And I think I grew to appreciate that so much more you know, just being in its presence every day. It yeah. did help my views a lot. Yeah, I remember seeing her uh, self-portrait, um, and I thought it was Picasso that painted her, but it was yeah. her her own painting. And um, like you said, they're, they're very similar styles, but, like, truly amazing. I don't know, her colors and her aggressiveness just really s speaks out, so. Her still has, like, a... a a femi like a feminist vibe to it though um it's softer than picasso's stuff I oh yes but one of my favorite picasso line drawings is actually of francois and i have that framed in my bedroom right now i love that line drawing of his yes i'm gonna have to find that painting so yeah <laughs> awesome just a question that i had so you moved to new orleans with without knowing anyone you just um, by well, yourself you know back in the um the beginning of the online dating days or whatever <laughs> I, had, I had met someone before um i moved down here i had been coming down here and um it honestly this, this person that i had that i met was from gretna at the time and none of this was even intentional I already had the plan to move to New Orleans, and then I met this person, and I'm like, where is Gretna, Louisiana? I've never heard of this place. <laughs> and lo and behold, it is just on the other side of the bridge. And I was like, wow, there it this is. is crazy. So, um, no, actually, when I very first moved down here, I got to move sooner than I had originally planned because uh, my partner at the time's mother um, let me rent a room from her for a couple months I ended up finding a house for rent right around the corner from her. Super convenient, super <laughs> like ironic that all of that happened the way it did. And it, you know, so many things since I've been here have so easily worked in my favor. And I think it just further solidifies for me that I was meant to be here. Something, something drew me here. Something was telling me I'm supposed to be here. This is where you belong, yes. Absolutely. So can you recall the first time that you sold your artwork, like uh, your first piece? Was it, were you young or was this, you know, something that happened in your 20s? Um, the first piece I actually remember being handed cash for. I mean, yes. it was commissioned. I, I painted all kinds of stuff for people that just would ask, like through my childhood and whatnot. Well, I say painted. I, I drew. I really didn't get into painting, per se, until I was, I say, like, in seventh grade. Um, okay. That's, but, that's still pretty young, yeah. Um, which my mom was an oil painter, and I always wanted to do oils, but she would not let me do oils when I was little because she was worried about the, like, fumes and the chemicals and things like that. Um, so good parenting call there, probably. <laughs> But you know, uh, she she always let me like play with her acrylics and stuff, and um, she she was always really impressed with how I could work the acrylics and blend them and everything. And that's something she herself never learned how to do. She was hardcore oil painter, and I tried to teach her with acrylics, and she just like no patience for it. <laughs> but, um, and I have no patience for oil, but. It all worked out in our favor. However, um, she had a friend that wanted to commission me to do a um, a painting of an old. Like it was, I think it was like her grandmother's house or something. And you know, because I lived in a rural area, I grew up drawing and painting barns and horses and chickens and dogs and whatnot with the things the, I saw, of course. And the um, good stuff. Yeah. yeah. And. She, I, she asked me to do this painting, and I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. I think I was probably 13 or 14. Oh. And I remember it 
um, I wish I had a picture of it. It was, it just looked like in a barn with a rusty tin roof and I put chickens all in the yard. <laughs> and she paid me $50 for that painting. And I was like, this is so much money. <laughs> I was so yeah. excited. That's where it all began. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's that moment where you're like, all right, so this happens every time I do this. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah my, my first uh, my first commission jobs were, I think it was uh, eighth, eighth or ninth grade, were uh, the lowrider. Uh, it, was, it was popular. Like, you had these lowrider magazines where it's like this, this like, souped-out lowrider that, that you had like these ladies all over them, and I would get mm -hmm. these like teenagers like, "Hey man, would you would you would you draw this for me? I'll give you like five yeah. ten bucks." You know, it's like, "All right, I'll, yeah, I can do that." Yeah, were were you always known as the kid that can draw good? Yeah, yeah, I was that kid of like, "Hey, can you draw this?" And um, you know, had some weird request but you know i've always said like no to stuff that i was like that's a little too perverted dude like <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna pass on that but yeah i could do this car you want you want this car yeah dude i did the same thing people constantly asking you to draw stuff and but as far back as i can remember i always did caricatures of my friends and oh, stuff yeah. and just drew cartoons of like everyday happenings at school and I drew teachers and um it's so funny in high school there was this one teacher that everybody was a little scared of but her and I had like a different relationship she was she was very hard on me um and she was so easy on the boys and I used to get so mad because <laughs> she would like kind of let the the boys some of the athletes and stuff skate by but she would rail me for every little thing that I did wrong, I just critiqued me so hard with my work. It was an English class, and you know it used to drive me crazy. But I'm so appreciative of that today. Like I have so much respect for her. I'm like, thank God you were hard on me, and I know why she was. Um, I guess she maybe saw potential in me. I don't know, but um, anyway, she. I I did a caricature of her one time because she owned this farm. And, you know, we all like to give her a hard time. And she got bit by a snake. <laughs> she was out of school for a long time <clears throat> recovering from this. And I, because it's something bad. It was like a, a water moccasin or, I don't know, something. Yeah, that's very pretty dangerous, yeah. Um, so when she came back to school, I had drawn this get well card for her. And I didn't know how she was going to really receive it, but it was of her as the crocodile hunter with a snake uh. <laughs> on her thumb, giving a thumbs up and saying, get well soon. Awesome. Yeah. She liked it. And I was, yeah. It, it was hilarious, though, because um, she would bust me drawing stuff in class all the time. And, you know, she could have easily ripped it up, but she never did. She was just like, Put it away and pay attention. So that's a nice teacher. I, I would get in trouble with my teachers. They would see me doodling and then they're like, we're going to call your parents tonight or, mm -hmm. you know, all that yeah. stuff. I'm still scarred from a first grade teacher that took this really awesome leopard that I drew and wadded it up and threw it in the trash. In first grade? Yes. That's cruel. That's so mean. That's cool. She was the first person to ever send me to the office, and you know what she sent me to the office for? Drawing? <laughs> nope. Um, because I brought a, it's, it was fake, but it was a coonskin hat that I had gotten somewhere when we took a road trip through Arkansas. And I brought it to school, and I insisted on wearing it, and she, would, she kept telling me to take it off, and every time she'd turn around, I'd have it back on. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's so, yeah. the first time for my damn coonskin hat. <laughs> little, little Davy Crockett. Little Davy Crockett. Well, that makes mm -hmm. sense, right? He's from Arkansas, right? <laughs> I, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> my, dad, my dad's going to shame me for not knowing the answer to that question. So um, 
Kelly, how do you market your art nowadays? Uh, do you do the traditional word of mouth or do you get on uh, social media and market that way? Well, um, I'm a talker, as you know. So <laughs> a lot of it is is meeting people, honestly. Um, social media is huge. Yes, I like hashtag the hell out of everything on Instagram. And I'll occasionally run an ad if I have prints or something to sell. Um, but really just being out there and being seen. And most importantly, talking to people, like engaging with them. Um, you know, you can be remembered for the work you create and just what they see. But most importantly, people are going to talk about you more and remember you more if you take the time to actually have a conversation with them. And so that is honestly, like, I feel like what really drives the success of my work thus far. Nice. So it's, it's pretty much going out there and um, making that initial contact with galleries or do you, do you go no. to social networking um, events? It, for what I'm doing, I'm doing the Parkway murals right now. That's 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 one of the main things that um, is getting me business now. Is the and hardly, I honestly, hardly get near the work that I should be getting done there when I'm there because so many people stop and talk to me, and I could keep my back turned and just be very short, but I try to turn around and have a conversation with them, and um, also. The painting with a twist was huge for me too. All the people that I met there, and I still occasionally sell work to some of our franchisees that we had there. Yes, and I'm doing uh, the Bayou Boogaloo this year, so that's an art market. I'm trying to venture more into that, and I think that's going to be a huge outlet for me as far as um, just getting my work seen in person. I've never, I've never done galleries. Um, you know, I've never had any interest in somebody profiting off my hard work that much. So I have never really dove into that. Um, have you done a um, exhibit before or? I've done, I've done like little art walks and stuff. I've never actually done an art exhibit. I have been asked to and I've never, ever done it. Isn't that sad? I really should. Oh. Um well, it's it's a lack of care, or or it, it's something that um, you don't feel comfortable with. Um, I think maybe I have problems with commitment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's something that I'm honestly I've never stayed focused long enough to do one body of work that I felt like was cohesive enough to do an actual show. My stuff. Like, my style remains the same, but my subjects are all over the place. And I think my holdup on that has always just been, I want something cohesive to do, to do an actual exhibit or show. Because I want there to be a story behind the work and not it just be, oh, here's um, something that's completely unrelated to the last in I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too hard on myself with that thought in my head, but yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at it that way, um, it's it's almost you're doing it on purpose as far as uh, getting away from the standard. Like it has to tell a story to just hey, th these are artwork created by one person, and I feel like your color schemes are very similar to where oh, it yeah. does tell the story. Yeah. Well, thank so. you. Um, yeah, well, I guess another thing that's related to that is um, I've always, I've, luckily, I'm very blessed that I've never had a problem selling my work. So, and social media has aided that big time. Oh, yes. Because um, usually when I post a piece, if I, if I want to sell that piece and I put my price online, it sells. And so I've never had a body of work just sitting around and... <laughs> You know, I'm always moving forward. So I've never like created something saying, I'm gonna hang on to this and like create more pieces to go with it so I can do a show. It's like, no, yeah. on to the next like rolling constantly. Yeah, it's tough that way, I guess. 
Um, so what keeps you motivated or inspired to create new art? Other artists, mostly. Um, when I film myself in kind of a slump, literally just scrolling Instagram and seeing other people's hustle will make me get off my butt and want to do something. I mean, other creative people are the ultimate inspiration for me. Nice. Is there artists you, you follow? Um, like on social media today? Yeah, or just in general, uh, someone in New Orleans or, you know, um, I mean, come across. I think Ashley Longshore is the biggest badass female on this planet as far as artists are concerned right now. Okay. Like, she is crazy and I love it. And I think she's inspired so many women to get out there and just do their thing creatively or whatever, whatever line of work they are in to not have to worry about conforming to the standards of what, how feminine we have to be or how we have to behave or act. I mean, I, I'm so highly inspired by her. Um, just because, well, for one, she's never exhibited in galleries either. And she has built her reputation and her business on social media. I mean, she's a marketing genius or Maybe she just hired a marketing genius. I don't know. Either way, whatever's behind the scenes with that is working. And I'm, I, I've always been following that same formula unintentionally. But now seeing the success that she has doing it, I'm even more inspired to keep doing what I'm doing. That I don't have to conform to the standard of what an artist has to do to be successful. Yes. So I'm definitely gonna get that uh, the name of of her and uh, put it put it in the description so people can follow her. Oh, yeah. Uh, to be inspired because, as well. Let me tell you, um, how many followers? Are you familiar with her at all? I'm not sure. I follow so many artists on Instagram. It, it's ridiculous. I am now like trying to eliminate the people that I follow. I used to be at one point. I'm maxed out on the people that. That you can follow on Instagram, which oh, is which is seven thousand like two hundred some some odd number. Wow. Um, so now I'm like, me. I got a flush. I gotta I gotta yeah, start yeah. limiting. Um, <clears throat> Ashley Longshore, she has just like really really blown up in the last few years, especially since she um, she became the resident artist at Bergdorf Goodman. She now has one hundred and ninety nine k followers. <laughs> She's nice. huge now, but I've, I've liked her stuff for years and years and years. Um, and she's, she is wild. So you should definitely follow her for any kind of inspiration. Will do. All right. So for Kelly, is there, is there a weak point? Is there, is there something that Kelly struggles when it comes to art? Um, as far as the creative process or a little bit of both, uh, technicality and also the process. Um, as far as like getting off my butt and being creative, I, I get FOMO really bad. Oh no. <laughs> well, if it's all my doing something and I can't participate because I have work to do. I'm going to find a way to. Bit it's there. my schedule um so that yeah. is that is one of my hang-ups for sure and that's that has nothing to do with the creative process that's just my own work ethic and don't get me wrong i work my ass off but i try to balance it with it's it, it yeah i, I um, guess it's, it's pretty tough when you live in uh new orleans to to uh miss out on on things left and right right Yes. Oh, yes. And I live in Mid-City, so I can hear the fun from my front porch, which is a problem sometimes. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I've, I've learned how to balance it pretty well um, in the last few years, except for right now, because I'm, I've, I've sacrificed my soul to this art market I'm getting ready for and my mural work and the weddings I'm working on the weekends and stuff. So spread pretty thin right now, but I think I'm handling it pretty well. Um, awesome. 
creatively anything that hinders me there um I, when I do too much, I do tend to get burned out creatively. Taking a break from it is always um, a good thing to try to do, even when you have to force yourself to do it. Um, and, you know, we preach this philosophy at Painting with a Twist, too. Even for, for novice painters, you can't just keep forcing it. When you force it, the work's not good. So. Yeah. Another thing I like to do, and I'm doing this at Parkway right now, and I have to explain this to people all the time. Um, I will start five different pieces all at once and bounce back and forth between those pieces so I don't get bored with just one. Um, and yeah. that's my, my house right now is a complete disaster because that's exactly what I'm doing. And I'm working from home currently um, because I'm under a, a renovation for my basement for my new art studio, which I'm really excited about. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. Which I'm doing most of that myself too. So, you know, I, I like chaos, obviously, but um, working on multiple pieces all at once uh, is, is really what keeps things fresh for me because I can switch to the next piece, come back to it days later, and I have a completely different perspective on it. But I also like doing that too because it keeps um, it keeps the pieces consistent and they're like you know your style can alter a little bit when you spend so much time on one piece and then you work on the next piece months later they can look slightly different just because I know for one every single time I paint I learn something different every single time so if you put too much space between pieces I think that their style can vary just a little. It may not even be something anybody else would see, but you yourself see it as the artist. I hear you. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the things that keeps me going creatively. Um, and when I do need fresh inspiration, again, social media is such a great resource. It's obnoxious, all of the things we have at the tips of our fingers for resources nowadays. Yes. Um, so something that I like to do is, um, go to Pinterest or like, uh, Instagram and just like mm -hmm. draw random crap that I see. Do you, yeah. do you say? Um, you know, for references, I like, I like looking at hashtags of, uh, like New Orleans stuff, just any, any kind of New Orleans hashtag, because not only do you discover things in your own city that you don't know about, but you find so much inspiration there as well. And as far as just drawing completely random things that you can find. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that for sure. Nice. All right. So uh, what's at the top of your bucket list as far as your art career? Hmm. Travel mostly. Um, I've been getting to do a little bit of it here and there and International travel is is the bucket list and, and um, seeing all of the artworks across the world. And I like to, I'm making it a point everywhere I go now uh, that I try to buy some piece of art there. Um, and when I went to Barcelona a few years ago, which was a completely magical experience, I got um, a mixed media piece of Dali and... Mm. Um, it's, it's a really neat piece. It's, it's, it's print, it's watercolor, it's writing, they, it, they're sewing on it and it was all on a rolled canvas. So it was easy for me to buy and wow. uh, transport back with me. Um, so I think ultimate bucket list would be to visit every country and come back with a piece of art from that country. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, I love when people go to different you know, places in the world or in, you know, different towns and they buy local artists, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. uh, these, these no name artists, but they're out there creating things just because, I mean, they're just like you and me. We, we just have that, you know, creative bone where we just have to create and for people to buy art is, I mean, just ultimate appreciation. So, yeah, absolutely. And I love supporting other artists, especially, artists that are just so fresh on the scene, you know, because uh, that was me at yeah. one time. Um, I love, love, I love self-taught artists, you know, um, 
just because I can relate to that so closely. Um, so I do try to seek out people like that, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm just going to buy from self-taught artists. Um, but I, I, I can definitely accredit um, Kathy Dino for inspiring me to buy so much art because she's always, she's always supported my work and bought stuff from me or commissioned me to do things. And yeah. um, she... She collects big time, and I I envy her collection. So she, she's a huge collector. Um, oh, yeah. I know when she travels, she always brings back like all these yeah. goodies that she acquired. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's a really great um, like bucket list to do is just go out there and, and buy art from different countries. Uh, any countries or or cities you're you're you know at the top of your list as far uh, as Italy at the top. Of- my list I um I honestly I I'm not a planner I am very every day I get up I fly by the seat of my pants um I I just throw it to the wind and let it go most of the time you know case but um I've gone to I went to Barcelona and Singapore in the last couple years just as a matter of convenience because I had friends there that were staying there so I literally went had a free place to stay, you know, managed to get, well, for Barcelona, I managed to get like an insanely killer deal on the flight. Um, so Sweet. they've been relatively cheap international vacations. And um, so Italy is at the top of my list um, just because I've always connected so much uh, with the ancient history there. And of course, food and culture, all of the above. Um I, I've never really been interested in doing a European tour per se, because I want to go to a place and I want to have an intimate experience in that place. I want to spend time there. And for me, I want to spend three weeks in Italy alone, (laughs) you know, eventually. And it may take me my entire life to do all this and that's okay because that's living, right? Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh! I mean, well, the amount of art that Europe has and all the museums—it's mm-hmm. just when you go it there, it's like um, you don't know if you have enough time in your lifetime to to be able yeah. to see and experience all these uh, wonderful um, art that people created. Yeah, but that you know, but that's okay because as long as I get to go, at least, as long as the places I get to go, I get to connect with it's okay with me if I don't get to see everything because it, it it's more important to me to have a more meaningful experience with the places I do go than to just fly by night, you know? Yeah. Definitely. I can't absorb it that way. Yes. Uh, so Kelly, where can people find your art as far as social media? Uh, just shoot Google me and I'm on websites. I didn't even know I was on when I, you know, we all Google ourselves sometimes, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All the time. I, 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 (laughs) I do that occasionally just to see, you know, you get, you gotta watch it sometimes because people will take your stuff and reprint it for profit and I'll give you credit. So I, I do that just as a good business practice, but also um, I've even found like interviews with myself that I didn't know existed. Recently, there was one, um, I worked the Lark in the Park event for City Park. I try to do that every year if I'm available for it. Uh They were raising money for, uh, to, gosh, I'm at a loss for words right now, basically to rebuild Storyland and, um, a lady came by and I remember talking to her and I remember, I can't remember who she said she was with though. But when I Googled my name recently, I found this article that she wrote and it was a really nice little article. Uh, so I mean, I'm on all the social media websites, whatnot. Google search engine um, has been very good to me. And again, just word of mouth take the time out to talk to people and People will leave talking about you and remembering you more so than your work. And I don't want to say that that is degrading your work in any way. No, it's just they will remember your work more if they remember you. Oh, yeah. I think I I, I really learned that 
philosophy when um, working and painting with Twist, where I did interview a lot of artists that had the the charismatic, the you know the go get it kind of attitude, uh, but they weren't so great at the art. Right, it was more the process they nailed yeah. it down, but as far as the technicality, mm-hmm. they were kind of struggling. And people remember more the experience than the actually the actual product. Don't get me wrong; the product is still you know something that you need to work towards, and yeah. you know, it's going to bring back memories. But it's also the memory of that interaction is so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. It goes with any, any, it's like giving a gift, you know, um, it's all, it's always better to give an experience rather than a gift, but you can give an experience as a gift. And I think that, I think I I carry that philosophy with me as far as meeting people and making everyone feel like they're somebody, you know, always, 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 always take the time to acknowledge someone. Definitely. That's awesome. Well, Kelly, thank you for coming on the show. I think a lot of people learn something new about Kelly. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to put the description, all the stuff that we talked about in the description. Uh, So um, thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you, Goose. Great catching up with you. Yes. All right. So everybody, um, till then, ciao. All right. Goodbye. So that was the lovely Kelly Boyette on today's podcast. Guys, go check out her stuff. It's really great, very colorful, along those aggressive strokes, like I mentioned. And if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to our podcast, as well as go to our Facebook page and go ahead and join our South Louisiana Artist Club page. In fact, that was what started this whole podcast was South Louisiana Artist Club was a Facebook page that allowed networking as well as people sharing their artwork and so on. So please do yourself a favor, sign up, be a part of the community, and share your work with us and also network. So that does it for today. As always, be creative, stay creative, and go out there and just create. Till next time, ciao.